0: to the Quarantine Players podcast. We are a group of writers, directors, and actors who had our productions canceled due to the pandemic. Each week, we'll read a new play and discuss it with a playwright, just like Shakespeare. We aspire to create new work during a global pandemic.
1: Welcome to The Quarantine Players. Tonight we're
0: reading Settlements by Seth Rosen. Let's begin. Leslie? Hi everyone, my name is Leslie Ross and I'll be the director this evening. I just wanna start with introductions from the actors. So I'd like to have each actor introduce yourselves and then let us know where you're from. Tim, can you start us off and tell us what your character's name
2: is? Timothy Lynch, I'll be playing Noah and I live in Washington, D.C. How about you, Lori? Hi,
3: I'm Lori Molstein, and I'll be playing Judith, and I'm here in Northern Virginia. Tarnim, how about you?
1: Hi, my name is Tarnim Bhivey. I'm playing Yasmin, and I'm in Phoenix, Arizona.
4: Barry. I'm Barry Alguar. I'm playing Marion, and I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. Scott, you want to introduce yourself?
5: I am Scott Graham, and I am playing Caesar, and I live in Northern Virginia.
0: And we also have the playwright with us. Why don't you introduce yourself, Seth?
6: Hello, I'm Seth Rosin. I'm the playwright, and I live in Philadelphia.
0: Lights up on Judith
2: and Noah, an office in the present. So you're telling me it's not the play. I'm not
0: saying
3: this. Just said the
2: play is not the, the reason. The
3: play is not the only. The play reason.
2: is not the only. Yes. So now there are other reasons.
3: There have always been other reasons. Okay. Are you able to are you in a place where you can hear them?
2: I'm in. Am I in a place?
3: I just I'm in know. your
2: office, Judith. That's the place I'm in, okay? No, look. I'm all ears.
3: Okay, the sarcasm isn't helping but you. My sarcasm? It's not the most productive tone Well
2: so to One have. of the reasons is sarcasm. Let me make a note of that. Noah? I'm being let go because I champion controversial voices.
3: Because
2: of sarcasm.
3: First of all, you're I mean, not being let go. How can you... Go? I'm offering you a choice.
2: You're offering me a demotion.
3: A choice between staying on as artistic director. With you calling
2: all the shots. Not calling or all Or I the- can walk away. Precisely. And you're making this offer because- Because
3: we've gotten to the point because you're not an easy person to manage as evidenced by this conversation.
2: I'm not easy to manage. You know this. Do is- I? You,
3: you know must- how, how-
2: Actually, difficult you I can't can- know how difficult I am to manage Judith. I don't have to manage myself.
3: Well, I suppose you have a good so, Fine. I find that managing you is incredibly challenging and that it takes time and energy away from other responsibilities. Like? Like fundraising, like managing the rest of the staff. We do have other departments here, Noah, other programs. You sometimes act as if this Jewish community center is the program of the theaters and not the other way around. I brought
2: a lot of money Yet into You the- have
3: though sometimes you don't coordinate your fundraising activities. I brought a
2: lot of new patrons in. I've gotten the center a lot of PR. Which
3: has created animosity among some of our loyal supporters. So
2: this is new? I is know. my being difficult to manage a new development? No. I mean, I have I suddenly become that much more difficult to manage over the past, what, few weeks, few months?
3: As long as I've been here, you've been difficult to manage. As
2: long as you've been here. Yes. Which is several years less than me. Understand that. that's really not why I'm being like so. It's one of the reasons. Because if that was the reason, I'd have been canned a long time ago, right? I mean, you or Jeremy, you would have gotten rid of me if I was really that difficult.
3: It's one of the reasons. Oh, you sound like my ex. Okay. So,
2: I stir up controversy, I'm difficult to manage, and I'm sarcastic.
3: The sarcasm is a subset.
2: A subset?
3: Well, not a subset. Your sarcasm is one of the things that make you difficult to ah.
2: Manage. So my being difficult to manage is one of several reasons I'm being let go, and there are several ways in which I'm difficult to manage.
3: Yes, except we're not. To You're say- not
2: letting me go, right? And Yasmin's play is just one other reason.
1: Let's just say it was the final straw.
2: The final straw, really? Yes. How ironic. Why ironic? The final straw was a new play commission for which you help me solicit a grant.
3: I had no way of knowing at the time that the play would turn out to be The
2: this grant was to commission a 28 year old, half Jordanian, half Jewish, non-binary playwright to write about their experience visiting the West Bank.
3: Now, I have no regrets about awarding the commission. You had
2: regrets about where the play was headed.
3: Well, obviously.
2: Which is why I'm being made this offer. It's one it's of the- It's the main fucking reason. Are really a handful, Noah. I'll be sure to add that to my resume. Artistic director, dramaturg, handful. Extensive knowledge of dramatic literature and modern Jewish history, with particular expertise in contemporary applications of sarcasm.
3: I want what's best for the center. So do
2: I, okay? Things started out so promising.
0: Life shift a year earlier. Yasmin joins Noah and Judith. You have got
3: such an interesting background. Thanks. I'm really eager to read your work.
1: I'm just trying to figure out what I want to write about, you know, and how to navigate the reality of being a professional playwright. Hmm, Sounds like you've had some early success. I guess. I mean, if you look at my bank account, you wouldn't think that, but.
2: (laughs) They just won the, the Zeisler Award for a Promising Woman or Trans Playwright.
1: Promising Woman or Trans Playwright, yeah. No, well, congratulations. Is the award for a specific play? No, just, you know, for me. Oh, that's wonderful. But that $2,500 prize, it's already paying for this month's rent and next month's rent, you know?
3: Well, if we're successful with this proposal to the Rosling Foundation, maybe you can do a little more than pay rent. God, I hope so. So how do your parents feel about you
1: going to the West Bank? I think I'm giving them whiplash with all my decisions. They're still trying to get their head around my pronouns. But they're excited for me. You know, my father, he's Jewish. So I gather. (laughs) He told me that it's hard to spend time in Israel and not come away leaning a little more right. What do you- Uh, I just mean just how small the country is and how surrounded it is by hostile neighbors. Did you know there are close to two million Palestinians living in Israel? not counting the West Bank and Gaza, that's like 20% of the population. And and if a war broke out, I mean, who knows how many of them, maybe all of them would fight for Israel's enemies.
2: It's a sobering thought.
1: So that's what my dad said, but my mom, she's Jordanian. She pretty much said, when I go to the West Bank, I'm gonna be swayed in the opposite direction.
3: I understand.
1: I mean, they're both academics, so they're pretty liberal, but my mom thinks I'm going to see all the injustice of how the Israelis are treating the Palestinians.
2: How could you not? Yeah.
1: I mean, they argue about it all the time, so it'll be interesting. (laughs) Well,
3: I'm looking forward to seeing what you write from such a uniquely balanced perspective.
2: Likewise. Our fingers are crossed.
3: This could be a real win-win-win for you, the theater,
0: and the center. Yasmin exits as lights shift back to the present.
2: Everything seemed hunky-dory. It did indeed. Even Marion was
4: invested.
0: Lights shifted 10 months earlier. Noah watches from a distance as Marion enters.
4: I told my travel club about the commission proposal and they were very impressed. Well, I'm glad that we The we're- center's being so progressive, they said, embracing competing narratives. I've never heard you use that phrase. My friends and I aren't the shallow socialites you imagine us to be, Judith. Well, Ilana Friedman is. (laughs) But you'd be surprised to see how cultured and well-informed most of us are. Oh, I have to run, dear, my annual dermatology checkup ever since the skincare cancer scare. Uh, You want me to bring this up at the executive committee meeting Thursday? Oh, no point in getting everyone excited about something that might not happen. <laughs> we'll wait till we hear from Rosling.
0: Light shift back to the present.
4: Oh, maybe it would
3: have been better for everyone if we hadn't received the grant. That's
2: the spirit. I'm only saying. Things got a little sticky, and you just wanted to cut bait. More than a little sticky. And for what? Are you kidding me? The day I told Yasmin about the commission, they were so excited they practically tackled me. $10,000. That's
1: unbelievable.
2: Plus funds for development. They love the proposal. Oh my God, Noah. And another three to $4,000 in royalties from the production.
1: I can't thank you enough.
2: You don't have to thank me. You just have to write a kick-ass play. <laughs> of course. So we should talk about the time frame, some general deadlines.
1: I've already written 20 pages. Really? The play is bursting out of me.
2: That's terrific. You have a story, a set of characters?
1: It's going to follow a young Palestinian woman, based on this young mother I met in Al Arub, a smallish town of Bethlehem. Okay. She has two boys, seven and five, and she's worried they're going to be recruited by the local agitators. Agitators? Into, you know, the militant men, uh, Hamas foot soldiers, mostly in their late teens and early 20s who provoke the Israeli soldiers. Ah, right some of them were friends with fadia's husband who uh was killed in the fighting four years ago so fadia that's her name the mother okay it means the redeemer one who is self-sacrificing nice she's trying to keep halim and jabir those are her boys she's trying to keep them from getting caught up in the politics of course oh and jabir he's a seven-year-old his name means consoler or comforter amazing right yeah and Halim means mild and gentle.
2: Uh, these are your characters or the real people?
1: Both. I mean, Halim is really, is so unbelievably mild and gentle. Everything I'm writing about really happened. Oh, wow. Cool. So, Fadia and her boys, they walk to the store most days, right near one of the checkpoints. There's a couple of Israeli soldiers there, 24-7, and this one soldier, Yanatan, that's Hebrew for Jonathan,
2: yeah, I got that.
1: <laughs> He's gotten to know Fadia and her boys pretty well. They stop to make small talk. It seems a little flirtatious, but basically harmless, right? And Yanatan gives Jabir and Halim some candy or a piece of fruit. Then Fadia comes back to town and she's given a third degree by the agitators. You know, they're grilling her about Yanatan and why she talks to him and what he says to her. And they try to convince her that Yanatan is brainwashing her and her boys.
2: Ah. That's the dramatic conflict. That's just the beginning.
1: So one of the agitators, Azim, which means defender, by the way, he waits for Fadia to stop and chat with Yonatan on this particular day. And after she and her boys return home, Azim approaches Yonatan and accuses him of, him of improper flirtations. Uh-huh. Yonatan says he's just being nice. They argue, it escalates, and suddenly Azim's lying dead on the street. A bullet in his head. Seriously? I know, right? It's totally crazy.
2: We didn't hear about this.
1: Of course not.
2: Was this a big story in the news?
1: In Israel it wasn't, but in al and the neighboring towns, it was a huge thing. This
2: is a big deal. I told you. So are, are you thinking about some kind of docudrama?
1: This is the inciting incident in the play, the real-life event that launches Fadia's story.
2: And an interesting conflict for Yonatan as well.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, Fadia will be the focus. The way she becomes caught up in this thing that happened. Sure. Is that okay?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's great. This is juicy material.
1: You can't believe
2: what's going on there. Obviously.
1: I mean, the Israeli government doesn't do anything to to step in. And we sit back here and We? we just... The U.S. American juice. We just let this stuff happen. The story needs to be told.
2: Wow, you... What? uh, You you seem... I I don't know, you seem a lot more... Please
1: don't say the word. My father's already upset enough. What word? Radicalized.
2: (laughs) I was going to say energized and intent.
1: I'm responding to the experience I had in Arub to everything Fadia and her family have been through.
2: No, I get it. And it sounds like a piece that could stimulate a really important dialogue in the community here.
1: That's exactly what I want.
2: Me too. But it's not exactly what the center thought when we- It's
1: the story I want to write.
2: Right, no. I'm just imagining what Judith's gonna say.
0: <laughs> Lights shift back to Judith's office seven months earlier.
3: How far along are you in the writing, aren't you?
1: Um I'm about halfway through the first
2: draft? Wow, that's
1: yeah. Good. And um, you're
3: sure that this is the story you want to tell?
2: Well, I mean, I'm... what Judith is asking is, are uh, the politics of the place set in stone? No, what? I'm just. Can you please not I'm trying to demystify. Since
3: I'm not familiar with your writing process, Yasmin, I'm interested to know how open you are to receiving feedback. Oh. Well, this, yeah. play, this play commission is a new venture for the center, so we- Yeah,
1: I understand.
3: We have a vested interest.
1: Of course. And thank you again. I'm always open to a point. There you go. I mean, apart from, you know, I'm not going to change the things that really happened.
3: Understood.
1: Is that okay?
3: You're the writer.
1: Well, of course, but-
3: But as far as our involvement is concerned, we'll just have to see where the play goes.
2: Your involvement?
3: Whether the play gets produced.
2: Which is my decision.
3: I assume we'll be monitoring things together, Noah.
2: Sure, but-
3: We jointly solicited the commission, so- Yeah,
2: but I decide what gets produced.
3: We can talk about this another time. I assumed you'd want to produce the play. In theory, absolutely. But it depends on how the play turns out, what direction it's heading.
2: Which is my job to determine.
3: Actually- My understanding from Noah is that the majority of commissions don't end up getting produced. Well, I guess, but- Judith. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen in this case. I'm just acknowledging that that's where always a reasonable chance- Jasmine
2: writes a great play and there's nothing to discuss.
0: Right. Jasmine
2: exits. That didn't sit particularly well. No. I think they caught a whiff of uh, Palace. You planted the idea that the center needs to approve.
3: I wasn't telling them what they could or couldn't write. We were talking about how likely it is that a commission play, any commission play.
2: There's no reason to put that out there.
3: This project's already feeling high maintenance, Noah. I don't want it blowing just up Just let in them a- write the play. That's how a commission works. I'm just saying that the interests of the center need to be respected.
2: Whatever that means. It
3: means that-
2: Yasmin was really put off.
4: Yeah? Well, they're not alone.
2: Judith joins Marion
0: at a high-end cafe seven months earlier.
4: Oh, we don't produce it. A lot of time and effort wasted getting the grant, but at least we'll get credit for the commission.
3: I don't think we can forbid Noah from producing the play.
4: Of course we can. It was a joint commission, and the theater is a program of the center. I know Noah doesn't see it that way, and he'll get on his high horse, but he doesn't get to make that decision. Sometimes you have to put your foot down, Judith. You can't let him rule the roost. As challenging as Noah can
3: be, set aud- a mouthful. His audiences love him. And he's an excellent steward of the theater. Do you want me to have a talk with him?
4: No. I can bring Sheldon. I do a little good cop, bad cop. Though Sheldon never wants to be the bad cop.
3: This isn't a board matter.
4: I agree. You know what he will do? Noah? <laughs> He'll go straight to Bill Keating at the Tribune. Exactly. We can't afford to be dragged through the mud on this. And imagine
3: how the, the Rosling Foundation will respond to seeing that in the paper after supporting the commission, not to mention our more progressive members.
4: All that goodwill for being open-minded in the first place, nullified.
3: A heartbeat.
4: What a shame. This project started out as something that could really help broaden outside perceptions of us. Well, it still could. I just think it's important that Jewishness not be seen as so monolithic. We we represent a pretty broad range of sentiments. We're not all
3: pro-Israel all the time. Well, I can think of some people in our orbit, on the board, major donors. Rosalie, Caesar. Who won't have such an enlightened response. This could really stir the pot. Not if we keep
4: a lid on it. I don't see how. (sighs) Well... I'm going to hear Thomas Friedman talk at the library at two o'clock. So we've got three courses to come up with a plan.
2: And you should have used all three. What are our options?
4: Can we withhold the second half of the commission funds if the play doesn't meet our approval? That's
3: not the way commissions work. With this kind of venture, we take our chances that the play we hoped would get written does, but apparently that rarely happens.
4: Uh, Do you think it's worth me reaching out to her, the playwright? Uh, What's her name?
3: Yasmin. And their preferred pronouns are they, them.
4: Uh, One of
3: them. Yes. Uh, Should I reach out to Yasmin directly? I think that might set things off on the wrong foot. They already think I'm the bad cop.
4: Oh, and I'm guessing Noah's indulging her. Them. Right. And you don't see them changing course? Yasmin exudes a
3: certain millennial absoluteness. Oh,
4: such a shame. Yes. But what if we go in the other direction, get out in front of the controversy? What are you thinking? Could we, in the interest of transparency, present, say, a reading of the play? You mean like a public reading, like of the first draft? I'm guessing Noah's already got a date not public, an invited audience. And we do the inviting.
3: I suppose we could make it a special sneak preview of our major donors.
4: Perfect. People love being part of the artistic process. Richard and I, you know, we're part of the conductor circle at the symphony. Yeah. We go to the first rehearsals of all the world premieres. I wish I liked the music more. (laughs) So, Noah and Yasmin will hear unvarnished responses from some of our more conservative constituents. Which Noah will love. Oh, yes. <laughs> but once it's out there, once he hears the pushback from the very people who keep the lights on, I and think- Don't Marion, he's,
3: I wouldn't put it past Noah to use a hostile response as an opportunity to weaponize the play.
4: Weaponize? that's an awfully strong word.
3: Well, let's face it, Marion. Noah is, first and foremost,
4: a provocateur. Well, wouldn't you rather have this fight sooner and in-house than later and in public? Absolutely. Wasn't it me who introduced Caesar to Noah at the 40th
2: anniversary gala?
0: Light shift to Caesar and Noah four years ago in 2016.
2: Marion's quite the force of nature, isn't she? Indeed. She knows everyone in the Jewish community and almost everyone in the cultural community.
5: So it seems.
2: Can I get you a glass of wine? What is it? Uh, Some kind of uh, Chardonnay.
5: I have somewhat narrow tastes.
2: It's really wonderful to have your support of the center.
5: I'm happy to be of help.
2: Have you been to the theater yet?
5: I have, yes. I, I saw your production of, a. am forgetting the title, uh, the play about Apex' excessive influence, of uh, Hammerlock. Yes. I found the premise of the play to be problematic, factually inaccurate, and skewed toward a certain segment of your audience. Okay. But, uh, I thought the production was excellent. Uh, the art, the artistry was admirable.
2: I appreciate anyone who distinguishes the production from the play. I could use more people like that on my advisory board. (laughs) I look forward to seeing more of your shows. Might shift back to seven months earlier. Four weeks from Monday night. Can you have the first draft done?
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Great. We should talk about actors.
1: Is this an open reading? I mean, I'm not sure I want all the-
2: invitation only. The center is doing the inviting. And yes- I knew you were trying to control the audience, Judith. Did you? And I knew it wasn't your idea. Probably Marion's. You like to fight your battles separately and privately. Yasmin, they're gonna stack the deck with the staunchest Israeli sympathizers. Really? They're hoping the play will move in a more palatable direction.
1: Wait, what?
2: Or that it'll stop dead in its tracks. Why would they do this that? This isn't what the center bargained for, Yasmin. They were counting on a nice, plaintive piece that details the daily suffering of regular Palestinians and the well-meaning Israeli soldiers who keep the peace.
1: Is that what you told them you I was going to write?
2: No, no. I think they figured your being half-Jewish would lend you just enough empathy for both sides that... would. I
1: started peace. with that, but... That's good. But when I heard what happened to Azim. I mean, it's not hard to see things for what they are.
2: I hear you, and I'm behind this 100%. I'm just trying to give you the lay of land. You're saying there's
1: gonna be a lot of opposition.
2: I'm trying to give you the lay of the land.
1: Which is that the organization that commissioned me to write this play now wants to avoid the inconvenient truths.
2: I think that's a pretty astute assessment. Okay, then. <laughs> You're in for the reading? Fuck ya,
1: let's give these folks a play that's gonna rock their world. <laughs> Outstanding. Make them face the truth about Israel.
2: A truth, not the only truth.
1: A truth that needs to be grappled with here.
2: No question. You egged them on. I supported their artistic vision. You
1: finally got the
3: fight you've been salivating for. What? Come on, Noah. You've been poking at it for for years. Last season, a play about Republican donors' ties to Netanyahu. Hammerlock two seasons ago, the play about the black market
2: for Israeli weapons. A lot of plays in between celebrating everything Jewish. We are a Jewish community center. Of course, but we don't have to be- Our mission
3: is to preserve and strengthen Jewish identity, heritage, traditions, and values. And to
2: question everything.
3: That's not part of our mission. It's part of being Jewish. As a people, yes. As a way of being, yes. We question, but it is not part of the center stated mission.
2: Jesus Christ. Or is he? Ha ha. Noah, listen. You haven't raised a red flag when i produce plays that question Jewish identity, Jewish tradition, Judaism itself. Why is questioning Israel off limits?
3: Questioning our identity and faith is an intellectual and spiritual act that deepens our sense of who we are as individuals and as a community. Questioning Israel more often is the effect of has the effect of dividing oh, us.
2: Come on! You know that's true. This isn't the Israeli community center. Admit it, Noah. Yasmin
3: handed you the perfect provocation on a silver platter and you reveled in it. What are are you the talk back? The dialogue after the reading? I don't know what you're talking
0: about. Gita steps forward and addresses the audience as Yasmin brings two chairs downstairs.
3: Oh, I hope you will all join me in thanking these wonderful actors for such a splendid reading of this really timely play, which, as I said before, is in its earliest stages of development. Now, I'd like to welcome to the stage the playwright, and our artistic director for an impromptu dialogue might give you a little sense of how the play will evolve going forward.
2: Thanks Judith. So Yasmin, before we get into how you came to write this story, which I'm sure you're all interested in, how did it feel hearing the first draft read aloud?
1: It's uh, really exciting and really humbling. I mean, I took a gazillion notes, but. I feel like I have the bones of the piece in place, and now I've got to, you know, add some more meat.
2: Cool. Now, you, vis- you visited the West Bank for the first time before you even got the commission? Yeah. It's like a dream come true.
1: I had always wanted to go there and, you know, experience things for myself. And the prospect of this commission gave me the reason to finally do it.
2: And what did you discover?
1: Well... I guess I sort of felt firsthand the what? Intoxicating joy that the Israeli people, well, the Jews, have living with this kind of existential threat that hovers over everything. They really know how to live in the moment and they live pretty well. Some of you probably know that already. Whereas in the West Bank, there's a more immediate, more concrete sense of, I mean, the poverty and the oppression and the complete lack of agency are palpable.
2: How so? How was how it different from what you expected? We've all seen news stories, movies.
1: Well, or... Fadia's story kind of is the example, right? I mean, she's trying to bring her boys up to have happy, healthy lives. But the struggle there, things happen almost every day to make that simple goal really difficult. The pressure to get justice or really sometimes just revenge is unrelenting. The fact that a young Palestinian man can get killed at any time for
2: no reason. Right, right. Just... And, and, and that's what you want people here, people here in this room to see. Excuse me. Uh, hold on just, just a second, Caesar.
3: You goaded him
2: you want us to grapple with the hard reality that being a young Palestinian man in the West Bank is.
5: I have a question for the playwright.
2: I I, I promise I'll get to you, Caesar.
5: What facts are you talking about?
1: The real life incidents that inspired the play.
5: As they were told by you. Well, yeah. Well, the only fact in this play is that the Palestinian agitator, Hazim. Hazim. He is dead. And even that might not be true.
1: What do you mean? Are you suggesting that? Uh,
5: you're familiar with Hamlet, I assume.
1: I read it in high school, like everybody else.
5: In the fourth act, Gertrude reports of Ophelia's drowning.
2: But this this isn't the time. Uh, 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 uh,
5: there, on the pendant boughs of her corant weeds, clamoring to hang, an envious silver broke.
1: What the hell?
5: When down her weedy trophies and herself fell in the weeping brook, her clothes spread wide and mermaid-like, a while they bore her up, which time she chanted snatches of old lauds as one incapable of her own distress, or like a creature naive and endued until that element but long, it could not be till that garment heavy with their drink pulled the poor wretch from her melodious lay to muddy death. It is quite the conundrum. I guess. Well, how did Gertrude come to know about Ophelia's drowning in such gruesome detail? Did she see Ophelia fall into the water? And if so, why didn't she go help? If Gertrude wasn't there, who who told her the story and why didn't that person help
1: okay i guess i see... there are scholars
5: who suggest that gertrude may have killed ophelia or or that she's making the whole story up another suggests shakespeare was uncharacteristically lazy and didn't attend to the implications of
2: gertrude's meticulous account the thing is caesar hamlet was invented entirely out of shakespeare's imagination Let's assume that Hazim
5: is really dead. All right. Hazim,
1: and he is.
5: Was an autopsy done? Do you even know whether the bullet that killed him was from an Israeli gun? Why would he? You have heard of suicide bombers. It's a great honor for these young men to become shaheeds, martyrs.
1: Hazim was not a martyr. How do you know? There was no
2: investigation, no, no media coverage.
1: Right, because the Israeli government would rather pretend it didn't happen.
2: Which is unfortunately another reality that all of us need to consider. How do you know the Israeli government knows that this happened at all? You don't even
5: know. This woman, Fadia, she doesn't even know. There are
2: all these things that you heard. So the story becomes what you want it to become, which is not the same as facts. That's a valid point Caesar but let's consider the underlying truths that Yasmin is trying to illuminate. I'm
1: quite sure these things happened.
2: Well, it sounds like you don't for certain.
5: I do. Did you interview the Israeli soldier uh, Jonathan?
1: No. Um, or any other
2: soldiers? We're getting stuck in the weeds here, Caesar. My
1: play (laughs) is inspired by real-life events.
2: So you're
5: more of a journalist?
1: No, but it's based on facts.
5: Which you have no interest in interrogating.
1: I'm just not interested in the mystery around Azim's death.
5: Which suggests to me that you are neither an artist nor a journalist. A journalist seeks to unravel the mystery. While an artist seeks to indulge it.
2: This is one of the great challenges writers face when fictionalized. What if I
1: told I mean, you that I invented it? The alterca- the whole altercation between Yonatan and Azim and everything that led it to Azim's getting shot.
2: No one is questioning Did you make the story up?
1: No, I told you. I try.
2: Caesar.
5: Imagine if uh, instead of Hazim. Azim you heard that a young black man had been shot to death in Chicago. Okay, this is not what... If you heard that he was killed by a white policeman, you would write a play about the great tragedy and injustice of his death. But if you then learned that he was actually killed by a member of a rival gang over drugs or something, you wouldn't think that his death was worth writing about. Now, isn't that right?
1: I really don't see what your point is. This Palestinian
5: mother, Fadia, You don't think she knows the difference between dog bites man and man bites dog? Judith
1: in
0: her office, Noah's still on stage. You baited him.
2: He barged right into that conversation uninvited.
3: And you were smiling all... Smiling?
2: You think I I was entertained? You couldn't control that shit-eating grin of yours. The whole thing was your idea. We were just the talent. Might shift to Yasmin
0: Mm -hmm. as Noah joins her.
2: What a total asshole. Caesar can be a bit beyond the page. He couldn't wait for you to call on him. He quoted fucking Shakespeare. You have to understand.
1: He And he lectured me about brown people.
2: I don't think he considers you to be necessary. He's
1: one of those guys who thinks that just because he's lived 40 more years than me, he's automatically right about
2: everything. He's the son of a Holocaust survivor.
1: So what? That gives him a pass to be an overbearing dick?
2: Of course not. But... He's earned a modicum of respect.
1: For what? For making it to seventy-five.
2: He's a renowned physician, an ophthalmologist, I think.
1: Whoop-de fucking do. Yasmin. Please tell me that this guy's not going to have anything to do with this play going forward.
0: Yasmin storms off. As Caesar storms into Judas' office, quote, followed by Mary.
4: This is unacceptable. Caesar, calm down. This naive, privileged
5: American girl. Yes, I said girl, not woman. A girl without a single scar. She takes what? (laughs) Two whole weeks to visit the Holy Land so she can really understand? And she vomits out this this piece of leftist propaganda? They. What?
4: Yasmin's pronouns are they, them. I, uh. There is no reason to belittle the writer.
5: She's a lightweight, Marion. A bleeding heart with no sense of the history or the complexity of our... Focus on the play. Fine. It's a piece of Palestinian propaganda. I think that's unfair. All of the major characters are Palestinian, and the one Israeli character is barely a cardboard cutout. I have to agree with that. I wasn't
3: suggesting that the play isn't focused on Palestinians.
5: You'd have to be blind.
3: I just meant that I don't think it makes a propaganda.
5: The play is fully espousing an anti-Israeli point of view.
3: It's showing characters who feel that way because of the circumstances. With
5: nothing in the play to counter them. That's true. We did not
3: specify that the commission had to be a balanced portrait. Judith. Of, or that it would focus it wouldn't focus on one set of characters over another.
5: Uh, don't play games with me, Judith. I'm not playing games with you. Yes, I do not support this institution so that it can produce plays about Palestinians.
4: <sighs> Look, Caesar, We've got ourselves a lemon, and we're trying to figure out how to make lemonade.
5: I don't care for lemonade. (laughs) Okay. Throw out the lemon, and I'll buy us a bottle of wine. It isn't that simple. It is that simple, Judith.
3: I don't think this play is a lemon. It may not be worth, may not be something we are entirely comfortable producing, but it's not a bad play. Does it need work? Yes, of course. That's part of what this reading is about. It's, it's going to get better.
4: Judith's right. Why don't we share our thoughts with Noah as a next step?
2: <laughs> or I could buy us a bottle of wine. But you and Marion were determined to make lemonade.
0: Noah joins the others in Judith's office.
4: So what happens next with the play?
2: Well, Yasmin is already hard at work on a new draft. They learned a lot from the reading.
4: And from the
2: audience response? There was really only one person in the audience who made his response, no. I won't apologize for my opinion. Nor should you, Caesar. As a matter of fact, even though Yasmin was a little taken aback by your comments, I think they're going to take your perspective under consideration. Is she? They. I think so. But I can't promise anything specific, you understand.
4: I think it's fair to say that Judith, Caesar and I all share a desire to see the character of the Israeli soldier. Yonatan. Yes. We all feel his character could be more fully developed. I agree. And offer
2: more um,
4: balance in the play.
2: I shared the same note. Terrific. And the uh, anti-Israeli rhetoric could be toned down. Okay, well, um, that's where if it was up to me, I'd fashion a more point-counterpoint kind of play. But Yasmin, they're, they were really affected by the things they experienced with this family in the West Bank. Of course she was. I just mean that, uh, uh, Perhaps she should spend some time with the family of an ambushed
5: Israeli soldier to get a more balanced perspective.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't think that... See, I would write that play. You know, two different families responding to the same incident.
4: Now, that sounds like a more interesting play to me. I get that, but... Well,
2: certainly more appropriate for a Jewish community center. Well, see, that's where I... And, and
5: far more appropriate than a play that gives voice almost exclusively to our primary detractors.
2: Our detractors? Our detractors? You don't agree? When you say our? Uh, Jews. You think Palestinians are the Jews' primary detractors? Am I saying something heretical here? The Israelis, Caesar, not the Jews, are locked in a struggle with Palestinians. Who want to drive us into the sea. Again, they're not trying to drive us. They don't give a rat's ass about American Jews or European Jews or or South American Jews. And not all Palestinians want to drive the Israelis into the sea. Yes, they do. Not all. They
5: want us obliterated. Not us. You don't find it troubling that your artistic director is holding himself apart from the whole rest of the- We don't!
4: We don't police each other's politics.
2: You bemoan the lack of complexity, Caesar. But you think there's only one acceptable perspective in this conflict? For a Jewish institution? What One of the longest-running, most globally divisive conflicts in modern history, and you think there's only one perspective? For this organization, yes. What about apartheid? Noah. What about, what about it? it? Should white community centers in South Africa have produced only plays that celebrated the white European perspective? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did, but, oh, uh, but, but that's up to them. Well, how about slavery in America? Should there only be plays about aggrieved white southerners feeling righteous indignation toward elitist northerners and all those uppity blacks? Y- you're comparing Israelis to slave owners. I am simply saying that this, What we're talking about right now you and I this is the conversation our community needs to be having there are two legitimate perspectives at least and whether we like it or not we and by we I mean American Jews there are a lot of us who are heavily invested in each of those perspectives so it's not only appropriate but I think necessary for Jewish theaters to produce plays like this Not if you want my support. Caesar moves to the cafe table.
4: He's a real
2: piece of work.
4: He is unambiguous. You always know where you stand with Caesar. I knew that the moment I met him.
0: Marion moves to Caesar at a cafe in
5: 2014.
4: Marion? Yes? I order a
5: Chateau Le, Fitte, Le Le Jacques.
4: Oh, lovely. <laughs> Richard told me you were a real wine connoisseur.
5: One of my great loves,
4: yes. Wine and uh, baseball, right? Mm.
5: We regularly d- debated the pros and cons of the designated hitter before and after board meetings. <laughs> Sometimes even <jeering. laughs>
4: uh, He He also tells me you were a very engaged and responsible board member at the opera.
5: Well, that's nice to hear. Richard was an excellent treasurer.
4: Hmm. Uh, I thought I should have a conversation with you about the JCC. Of course. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with the center, but I'd now, like... It's
5: always been in my um, periphery, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I look forward Not to... A joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm obviously involved in a number of Jewish organizations.
4: I'm well aware. So, uh, tell me. Well, uh, I've been on the board for nine years.
5: Well, that's quite a long time.
4: Well, I love it. I really do. And um, I've just been nominated for the executive committee.
5: Congratulations.
4: Thank you. Between you and me, I'm hoping to be president one day.
5: <laughs> this is a great passion of yours.
4: It really is, Caesar. The center is a vital hub, of course. But also a celebration of community where Jews of different stripes, um, all stripes really, cross paths and commingle and share a welcoming home.
5: A worthy enterprise.
4: We have all kinds of programs visiting scholars, trips to Israel, classes on just about anything you can imagine discussion groups on things you can't even imagine. We have a professional theater, a library. Oh yes,
5: I love the fact that you have a theater. Very impressive.
4: Oh, I'm glad you think so.
5: But I, I need to say, uh, may I be direct with you, Marion? Of course. If I do become involved, by which I assume we are talking about my financial support. Well,
4: to answer you directly, yes.
5: I would want some assurance that uh, the JCC will not become co-opted by forces that serve to dilute what it means to be a Jew in the world today. That the center must play a critical role holding fast to some pillars of identity, tradition, and allegiance to our culture, or our people will continue to disappear into the shallow fabric of America.
4: So beautifully stated. And I share your sentiments, though I hope you'll agree that our Jewish tent shouldn't be too small.
5: No institution, Marion, no matter how broad its mission, has to be so Pollyanna that it makes room for every viewpoint.
4: Agreed. (laughs) Uh, I hope to be able to advocate for your vision, Caesar, especially when I have a greater leadership role. Mary moves to Judith's office.
2: I have a completely different attitude about the Setter's mission. We know that. Caesar has this monolithic old world idea of Jewishness.
3: Which can happily coexist. I I don't
2: know about happily.
4: Oh, because you need to push every boundary. That's true. That's
2: what good theater does. (laughs) Caesar's not, Caesar's going to speak his mind. I've got no problem with that. Well, good. My problem is with the amount of weight his opinions carry around here. We haven't made a single decision, at least
4: since I've been president, because of Caesar or any other major donor. That's great to know. But let's not kid ourselves, Noah. We're going to be very careful not to alienate someone of Caesar's... Wealth. (sighs) I was going to say prominence. I get that. But his wealth is not insignificant.
2: I get that. And all I'm saying is that the fact of his wealth shouldn't dictate the parameters of discourse here at the center.
3: It doesn't. But you know what his wealth does do, Noah? It helps sustain lots of other programs. Our special needs activities, the lecture series, the youth leadership retreat, Aaliyah sponsorship. Are you okay with those programs getting asked?
2: Of course not. Then play nice with Caesar, As long as you play nice with Yasmin. They're not exactly feeling the warm and fuzzy.
0: Noah moves to Yasmin. He hates the play.
2: I'm not sure about that. He definitely thinks we shouldn't produce it.
1: Well, too fucking bad,
2: right? Right.
1: I mean, he can't keep you from doing it, can he? Not
2: directly, no. I don't. He's one of the center's biggest donors. He wields a lot of influence. With you? No, not directly.
1: So what would he do? refuse to give his annual contribution to the center? Possibly. And the production might be canceled?
2: Possibly.
1: So what you're saying is that the board, the staff, everyone who works at the center is beholden
2: to this one rich asshole. I'm not beholden. I hope not. I'm the one championing your play, okay? If things went down that way, I'd make a major stink and they know it. Good. I just want you to understand that economics play a role in every institution. Yeah,
1: in a capitalist society. In any
2: society. Just because we're nonprofit doesn't mean money isn't critical. I get that. The JCC is like every other organization, every other theater out there, scrambling each year to meet their budget. I know. What?
1: A lot of my artist friends are telling me to be prepared for the inevitable weight and privilege of this predominantly white institution. These are your BIPOC
2: artist friends?
1: They're reminding me that artistic directors are also fiercely independent and all about speaking truth to power until one of your big donors gets a little antsy and then you're bending over backwards to appease
2: them. That's not, it's it's just not true, Yasmin. I've never modified my programming because of a donor. Not once. And it's not going to happen now. I started this theater to tell important stories and to challenge Jewish and non-Jewish audiences to engage in sometimes uncomfortable conversations about things we feel deeply about. But I also understand and accept that in order to do what I want to do, I need a healthy institution behind me, which requires- Money. Money.
1: I know. The grease that keeps the wheels of capitalism turning.
2: Not not money, Jasmine. Money doesn't move on its own. People make decisions because they become invested in something, and then the money flows. Whether it's some country trying to get military aid from an ally or a scrappy little theater trying to get a grant for a new play commission, you need to appeal to the people who make decisions about their money. Somebody at the Roseling Foundation had to feel that what we were proposing was worth their investment. And I spend a lot of my time trying to figure out who those somebodies are and how to appeal to them, which I realize makes me a part of the system you decry. But that system is the way you and I make a living.
1: Such as it is.
2: Well, Yes.
1: No more readings at the center.
0: Jasmine, exits. You
2: hear that? No more readings.
1: That's fine.
2: I don't know how
3: these things usually go. Is it standard practice to have a number of readings?
2: It's not about the readings. It's about the hostile environment in which this play is being nurtured.
3: You do seem hot and bothered. Thanks. Just do me a favor, will you, and just send me the next text. Draft.
1: And please don't share any more drafts with Zadie Warbucks.
3: Of course not. I'd like to know where this is headed.
2: As long as you don't share it with the great and powerful eyes.
4: Of course not.
0: <laughs> Judith joins Marion at a cafe table.
4: She made that demand? They...
3: Apparently. No more readings at the center. <laughs>
4: that young woman's got a lot of chutzpah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I admire. So do I. Were we like her, them,
3: when we were their age? I don't know about you, but I wasn't. Yasmin reminds me of what one of my oldest friends warned me about a few years ago. When you stop having your period, you lose all ambition.
4: Well, I am the exact opposite.
3: I was going to say that I was once...
4: Hold on, dear. Oh, hi, Rob. For the backsplash? Yes, I prefer the teal. No problem. Bye. We're remodeling the, our first four-bathroom.
3: Now, I'm sensing that some of our more partisan members have gotten wind of
4: the
5: controversy.
4: Have you heard from anyone directly? I saw Ronnie
5: Lerner in a head breakfast. Sandy's wife? She heard about the reading. And she's hoping the play will be honest about Hamas's in, insidious ways of creating martyrs to keep their cause alive.
2: Boy,
4: yeah. <laughs> I suppose they're going to hear about it eventually. And then,
2: you know. David, David Haberman thinks it would be a crime if we didn't do the play. Of course he does. Now, that I'm not so worried about.
4: David could be a valuable al- ally if this intensifies. <sighs> But right now, we've got Caesar and the Hadassah group to mollify. We do indeed. Let me handle Caesar. I was hoping you'd say that. Mm. And you handle Hadassah and our ballsy young playwright.
3: Yasmin's writing from the heart, you know, which makes it hard to be too critical.
4: Unless they're g- really girding for a fight. Well, I hope not. Oh, these two are not going to ruin my tenure. Maybe we can make an event out of this, you know.
3: Yasmin and Caesar, and what do they call it? A steel cage match.
4: Our spring fundraiser. We could promote it as a pay-per-view. It would make a killing. People have always been drawn to battles between arch enemies. indeed. As if everything in the world was divided into two neatly opposing forces. We like our conflicts to be binary, hero, villain. Sinner, saint. Or against. Uh, uh, that's not the way the world is. <sighs> you know, Judith, those of us in the middle, people like you and me, even know it to some degree. We have different allegiances. Mm-hmm. We're always being pulled on many sides. You and I need to listen to the board, to our donors, to the staff, to, to our members. Our members, of course. Always trying to find a kind of balance and keep ourselves tethered to a certain reasonableness. I hope so. It's quite a responsibility. Quite a burden, really. Maybe even a curse. That people like us that are so wired to want to find common ground among different factions. I don't want to be a flamethrower, believe me, but there's something awfully liberating about it, isn't there? Just fighting for a cause full-throated without acquiescing to that nagging voice of moderation. People like Yasmin and Caesar, they only have one allegiance. So they feel no fear and in fact, feel compelled to, to defy reasonableness. They aren't being pulled by anyone. So they feel emboldened to just
3: push. I can't imagine. I can't begin to imagine what it feels like. Such such righteous certainty. Yeah,
4: the privilege of extremism.
3: <clears throat> I'm going to send you the third draft of the play. Yasmin shared it with you. I got it from Noah. How else are we going to hold on to a stable middle? Marion exits.
2: That when things began to unravel. What? You violated my trust and shared the new draft, draft with Marion. I said I wouldn't share it with Caesar. Oh, for Christ's sake. I didn't want any more interference. How is that interference? It's not a normal part of the artistic process for random people to be reading the play. Marion isn't random. She's not a random person. She's the president Marion of- has no business being involved in the artistic process. Yasmin and Yasmin alone decides who to get feedback from and at that moment the only person was me. Yasmin
0: says with her open laptop as Noah moves to her.
2: You're actually
1: should suggesting I add a character. Not necessarily. All
2: I ever hear from my agent is that the cast can't be bigger than four or five people. You should, you should write the play you want to write. All I'm saying is that... I am. Great. I'm just saying that you've got Fadia, her mother, Azim's two buddies and Yonatan.
1: And Yonatan.
2: Right. But he's mostly serving as a source of exposition, not a a full fledged character. You want more Jews. First of all, Israelis, not Jews. And that's not what I'm talking about. It's
1: four to one right now. 80% Palestinians and plus the wonderfully
2: vivid off stage presence of Halim and Jabir.
1: Okay, Uh, so that's more like 85%.
2: Yasmin. What are you angling for, Noah?
1: 70, 30,
2: 60, 40. I just think that if you don't want to invest more in Yonatan, maybe it would be worth considering.
1: You want more Jews taking up space in my play. It
2: doesn't have to be more Jews. It could be, uh, what, so, so a section, like uh, here on page seven, I'll read Yanatan and you read Fadya.
1: You have a lovely way with children.
2: and Jabir are great kids. They remind me of my nephews in uh, Benjamin. Benjamin.
1: I worry about them, what they see, how they make sense of what they see, how they, what they carry deep inside.
2: Oh, you, you are a wonderful mother, Fabia. They will learn from your example, your, your wisdom, your humility. But I'm not
1: their only example. And there are boys, and they are boys, Yonatan. Boys want to become men. They want to grow up and be brave and noble fathers, not wise and humble mothers.
2: You have more influence than you think, trust me.
1: I wish I could, Yonatan, Yanatan, I do. But the cycles here, you know the cycles, they are very hard to break.
2: We have to try or nothing changes, yes? So that little nugget about his nephews is great. Thanks. But, but the rest of that section is entirely focused on Fabia and her boys. So w- what I'm suggested is, suggesting is uh, what if that comment led to just a little bit more like something about uh, how Yonatan is already thinking about his nephews having to join the army in a few years and, and wishes they could grow up in a world where they didn't have to, that kind of thing. I'm advocating for the Israeli voice in the play to have as much nuance and dimension as the other characters.
1: See? That's all you had to say. I'm on board for that.
2: Great. That's the only thing anyone's concerned about.
0: Yasmin exits. Marion enters, followed by Caesar. They are in Marion's home.
4: So, what do you think of the new draft? You knew this would happen. I think we've been
5: hoodwinked. Hoodwinked? Now I assume you've read it. Of course. So you see that she's taken our notes and uh, taken our notes to heart and made the Israeli soldier into more of a substantial character. I thought you'd
4: approve of that.
5: Of course, I do. But that clever little girl also found a way to work in a whole tragic backstory of Fadia's husband, which once again weighs the play strongly in favor of the Palestinians. True, but I think that She adds a little here to appease her critics. To make the play better. And then she adds a little more over here to negate the gains on the other side.
4: One step forward, two steps back.
5: <laughs> With Noah's encouragement, no doubt.
4: Yes. Well, I mean that's just makes th-
5: these artists, they're so insular. They want their work to have impact, but they want they don't want to take responsibility.
4: Well, I'm sure Yasmin feels she's there being very responsible.
5: And the Palestinian Authority thanks her for it.
4: I don't know what to tell you, Caesar. We can't make them write something they don't want to write.
5: <laughs> you might have thought about that before awarding her the commission.
4: I'm not involved in that level of decisions. And we couldn't have known what, she, what they were going to write. I mean, I don't think Yasmin knew.
5: Huh. I'm not so sure.
4: I've only met them briefly, running into them a few days ago at the center.
0: Marion crosses to Yasmin.
4: Hi! Hi, Yasmin. Uh, I'm Marion, president of the board here. Ah, okay. I thought I
1: recognized you from the reading.
4: So how's the play going?
1: Well, the writing part's going really well, I think. But I mean, kind of a thorny subject, right? As thorny as it gets, yes. So I'm kind of, you know, navigating all of that.
4: Yeah, I was just saying to Judith the other day, that Yasmin, she's wading into quite the quagmire. By the
1: way, I go by they,
4: them. Right, your pronouns.
1: Yeah, and you?
4: Um, Female, woman. Cis, woman, she, her. Check. Check. Uh, You know, Yasmin, uh, for somebody, uh, for someone who comes from mixed parentage and identifies as non-binary, you're surprisingly binary on Israel. You said that to her? I did. (laughs) But at this point, it really doesn't matter. We can't wipe the slate clean.
5: Well, we could.
4: We're not gonna get involved in any kind of censorship
5: How much do you think it would take to get her to abort the project? You're going to
4: pay Yasmin to stop writing?
5: To write a different play, a different subject altogether. Another
4: 10,000? Caesar. I'm a very practical man, Marion. Yasmin is no wilting flower. I don't think flexing your muscles with your opinions or your wallet is going to be a winning strategy.
5: Could Noah be convinced that the play's not worth the trouble?
4: You want to bribe Noah? Well, think of it more as a reward. I think that ship has sailed, Caesar. Your strenuous opposition has only emboldened Noah. So you're content to have the center champion the play? I'm not content, Caesar, and I certainly don't think we're championing anything. You're pushing a foot around me. We're trying to keep an unfortunate situation from getting worse.
5: So exercise some leadership. I'm sorry to be so blunt, Marion, but you wanted the presidency for all those years. What did you think it was going to be?
4: I don't know what
5: you mean. What do you think I should do? Hold my peace and hope for the best? (laughs) You know that's not who I am. I think...
4: That if there's any way you can influence Yasmin, you'll need to do it with finesse, not force. Finesse? Yes.
5: Do you have a proposal?
4: You're not going to sway her dramaturgically and certainly not ideologically. All right. I suggest you appeal to Yasmin from a more personal perspective. (laughs) For God's sake, Caesar. You're one of the most learned Jews I've ever met. So knowledgeable when it comes to Israel and Jewish history. So? Show Yasmin what their play really means to you personally, out of a genuine interest in making it a better, deeper, richer play, instead of trying to shut it down because it offends you.
0: Marion turns to Judith.
4: He's on a new track. How'd you manage that? I appeal to his ego, how else? <laughs> now, help me put him in touch with Yasmin. I doubt
3: they'll want to meet with him and I'm 100% certain Noah will think it's a
2: terrible idea. You're damn right I will. Yasmin has no desire whatsoever to meet with Caesar. Well, you tell Noah that Yasmin's a big girl and she can decide for herself, their self. And tell Marion. Yeah, I know this is Marion's idea. You think I don't know how these things work? Tell her I'm keeping Yasmin as far away from Caesar as humanly possible.
0: Caesar enters, followed by Yasmin. They are in Caesar's home.
2: Thank you for agreeing to meet.
1: I was surprised to hear from you. I mean, directly. But I decided not to be a whip.
5: <laughs> I most certainly do not think of you as a whip.
1: This wine is really good.
5: (laughs) Yes, well, really good is what the Bordeaux was aiming for with their 2005 superior vintage.
1: (laughs) You can tell I'm not a wine aficionado.
5: That's all right. I'm not a playwright.
1: (laughs) I'm glad to hear that.
5: (laughs) But I have been thinking quite a lot about your play, which I believe could be a very important work. Thank you. Has your father ever told you about the Lamed Vav?
1: I don't speak Hebrew.
5: Well, I think you will find this interesting. It is said that there are 36 special people, righteous people in the world. And if it weren't for them, all of them, that the world would would come to an end. These 36 are referred to as the Lamed Vav.
1: Do you think you might be one of them? What? No. Maybe I'm one of the 36. You? Or maybe I'll be the next one when you die.
5: Uh, if you think you are one of the Lamadvav, you are not. Humility is perhaps one of the most distinguishing qualities.
1: I guess that rules us both out.
5: <laughs> you are no wimp, Yasmin. I thought about the Lamed Vav because we can't know who they are, those 36, even they themselves can't know, and yet there's a certain power in no one knowing. It's one of the great mysteries of our people.
1: You do like your mystery. I do. So, Noah, I told him if he's such a big fan of mystery, he should lobby you to program an Agatha Christie.
5: Marion, she told me if I'm so invested in the mystery, I should write my own damn play.
4: That is not what I said.
5: That is exactly what you said.
4: Judith, can you believe the audacity of that woman telling him to write his own damn play?
2: (laughs) That's not what they said, Judith. And Marion... You're distorting the story. No,
4: I think Yasmin will tell you whatever it takes to get their way.
2: And I think Caesar's memory is betraying him.
5: Yasmin, your visit to Israel clearly had a profound effect on you. It did. You know, I used to go every year for maybe 29, 30 years to visit relatives until 2002. Wow. And then the three or four times since. But it's never been a second home. I I never felt fully comfortable there. It always felt to me like Israel is bracing for annihilation. That's not an existential threat, like you said, but quite a real one.
1: I hear that. I mean, in my limited time there, that isn't what I felt, but I can totally believe that. I'm guessing you've never visited the West Bank. The Palestinians aren't bracing for annihilation.
5: I'm glad to hear you say that.
1: They're enduring. In real time, the slow crushing of their souls, generation after generation, until they're beaten into permanent submission.
5: That seems rather dramatic.
1: Things like what happened to Azim happen all the time. Innocent Palestinians are harassed or beaten up or killed. You've seen this. I've seen a lot of harassment.
5: Because it sounded in your play like the Israeli soldier went out of his way to be friendly to Palestinians.
1: To Fadia and her boys, yes.
5: Isn't that an indication of...
1: Before he killed Azim.
5: Okay.
1: I'm guessing you've never passed through a checkpoint before dawn when thousands of Palestinians are herded through like cows going to the slaughterhouse.
5: I'm sure that's an exaggeration.
1: Isn't that what the world said when reports came out about concentration camps?
5: Don't compare Israel's security security measures to the Nazis.
1: Palestinians endure daily humiliation just to be able to put in an honest day's work.
5: Every border in the world has checkpoints. You go through a security checkpoint with armed personnel at every airport. Should we put TSA on the list of oppressive regimes?
1: Speaking as a woman of color? Yes. I think we should. Marion,
5: now she's playing the race card. Don't
4: dismiss them. Engage them.
5: Do you know the places that were uh, proposed for establishing a Jewish state?
1: Noah, he actually lectured me on Israeli history. What did you expect? If
2: you'd listened to me, you wouldn't have met with him. The Nazis suggested Jewish
5: refugees settle the uh, island of Madagascar. The British proposed Uganda or Palestine. Neither was without challenges, but being in our religious homeland, being, despite being surrounded by hostile neighbors, was preferable to being in a land where we had no historical or spiritual connection to, yet still surrounded by hostile neighbors. Some country, somewhere, was going to have to make room for us.
1: Make room for? Really? Like some family cleared their second floor study to make it into a guest room for the nice homeless man? Only it turns out the homeless man wants a lot more space, so he locks the host family in the basement.
5: That is a grotesque metaphor.
1: What can I say? I call it like I see it.
5: Jewish refugees were not vagrants. They were a proud and industrious people who had been persecuted for centuries and then methodically exterminated.
1: And Palestinians are being methodically oppressed. Restricted areas to live. Armed Israeli security at every checkpoint. That's a whole lot more methodical than the ways we keep brown people disenfranchised here in the U.S.
5: But brown people here don't send suicide bombers into our markets and cafes.
1: Maybe they wouldn't do those kinds of things if they were treated like equal citizens.
5: They have to prove that they will behave like equal citizens and show that they have a basic concern for human life. That's what my fucking play is about! Your play is a completely lopsided, skewed vision of...
1: You're the one with the skewed and lopsided vision.
5: All I want is You want a
1: play that doesn't make Israelis look like the bad guys.
5: I want a story that offers balance and complexity.
1: Bullshit! That's what you'd settle for. Yasmin. Don't treat me like a damaged child.
5: Clearly, you can see that this play of yours is great. Is of a Threat, great- concern, <laughs> It's of a great importance to me. But you don't know why.
1: I know your father survived the Holocaust.
5: He did. But that is unfortunately not what distinguished him. My father lost everyone and his family at Dachau. Yeah. Everyone except one cousin. Gertha. When they were liberated in April of 1945, they agreed to leave together, but to go to different countries. They wanted to make sure that if such a pogrom were to ever happen again, at least one of them, along with their families, would survive. Aunt Goethe went to Israel. My father came to America. She lived through many conflicts in Israel's formative years, and her two sons, my second cousins, fought in the Six-Day War in 1967. They helped to build Israel into the only true democracy in the Middle East.
0: Caesar opens his wallet and shows Yasmin a photograph.
5: Aunt Goethe and my father died in 2002, during the Second Intifada. While he was visiting her family for Passover, a suicide bomber attacked a hotel in downtown Jerusalem. They were together after all. That's.
1: It's just tragic. I'm, I'm so sorry. For what happened to you.
5: I I, I just want you to understand, Yasmin, that. Yes, this is personal. Deeply personal. So, I'm doing what I can to keep the Jewish state alive as a as a philanthropist, as a concerned audience member.
1: I hear that, Caesar. And I get it, okay? My family hasn't suffered the same history, but I'm glad. But this is personal for me too, you know.
5: You care about Fadia,
1: Yeah, but, and my father's not talking to me for like the first time ever.
5: I'm sorry to hear that.
1: I want you and him both to understand that I'm doing my part as a writer to move the world forward. And with all due respect, I feel like your brand of tribalism is holding the world back.
2: Yasmin moves to Noah.
1: I know, I know. I should have checked with you first.
2: My job is to run interference.
1: I know. I just got caught up in the whole David and Goliath moment. and That's
2: what I'm here for. To fight some of those battles.
1: Next time, I promise.
2: There aren't going to be any next times.
1: He's stuck in his thing, you know.
0: Marion approaches
5: Caesar. I am tribalist.
1: Caesar. That's what she
5: called me. And I suppose it's true.
4: It's true about a lot of people, including Yasmin, but they don't see their tribe as self-righteous millennials.
5: She's certainly not from our tribe.
4: Well, they are, but they don't feel the pull as strongly as She
5: identifies more with the Palestinians. Her mother is Jordanian. So? So she's not Jewish. Technically. This is our practice and our belief for thousands of years.
4: Yes, it was someone's idea that Jewishness was, is matrilineal, and it took hold. We can afford to be a little flexible.
5: <laughs> By that logic, we may as well dispose, dispense with all religious traditions.
4: Well, You have to admit the world would be a lot more peaceful.
5: Tribalism doesn't arise out of religious conflict, Marion. It relies. It arises over land, over place, over home. No one cares what someone believes when they're halfway around the world. But when they move in next door, you can bet there will be religious conflict.
1: I feel sorry for the guy. Sorry? His family history is littered with tragedy, and he's channeled all that cumulative suffering into misguided loyalty to Israel.
2: It's not uncommon among his generation.
1: That's too bad.
2: We all get a little more conservative with- uh, There's
1: no way I'll think like him when I'm his age.
2: I wouldn't be so sure.
1: Don't tell me you agree with him.
2: Not as a whole, but-
1: You're freaking me out, Noah. I'm
2: a lot closer to your way of thinking.
1: I fucking hope so.
2: I absolutely am. I just don't see things quite so definitively as you.
1: So why do you want to do my play? So what do you want to do about the play?
5: I don't know. She's not interested in writing a a better play, a more nuanced play. She's trying to make a political point.
4: Well, that's one of their tribe's most basic rituals.
5: The question now is whether the center should move forward with producing it.
4: Well, there are firewalls we have to respect, Caesar, between the center and the theater. Why? Why do we have to respect them? why are there firewalls in the first place? What exactly are we
5: protecting? Artistic integrity. So where's the line, Marion? Where the board steps in to reclaim the mission? If Evelyn, who runs the film festival, wanted to program a piece of propaganda by Al Jazeera, are you telling me you shouldn't intervene? That seems a bit far-fetched. You're telling me Noah can do anything he wants? I'm not- Anything Is there really no line he could cross that would absolutely be considered too far? What if he produced a one-person play that paints a complex portrait of the tortured man who murdered 11 Jews at the Tree of Life Synagogue? Hm.
2: My God, Marion. Why is our theater so fucking insulated? I don't produce plays that tell audiences what I think. I produce plays that ask audiences what they think. Your play is certainly going to do that, Yasmin. But you don't agree with the play sentiments. It doesn't matter whether I do or not.
1: Oh my God, Noah, I have a fucking point of view. I do. The old guy, Caesar, I might think he's got an antiquated perspective, but I at least can respect that he has one.
2: My perspective is that anything so contentious for so long can't possibly be as simple as good guys and bad guys as right and wrong.
1: And Why not?
2: but it does make for excellent drama.
4: Why not? Because virtually
2: nothing in the world is that simple.
4: There is a threshold, Caesar, but I'm not sure this play is where we want to draw a line in the sand. Why not? Because the world is more divided than ever. We keep thinking things can't get any more extreme, and then they do. You
1: better put on your big boy pants, Noah, because after meeting with Caesar, I'm thinking about getting rid of Yonatan as a character altogether.
5: I'm thinking it may be time to invest my contributions elsewhere. Seriously?
1: Yes? Yeah, I am. I was on the fence from the beginning, but Caesar kind of pushed me over.
2: I I think think we we should meet meet with Judith. Judith.
0: Marion and Caesar move to Judith in her office as Noah and Yasmin do the same.
1: So you're saying that... I'm taking Yonatan out of the play. If you greenlight
5: this play for production, I will have to discontinue my support.
1: That's quite a shame. He was really only meant to be part of the backstory, part of the setup for the real drama with Fadia and her family.
5: I am fortunate to have attained a certain degree of wealth from my medical practice, and I have chosen to make my contributions where I feel I can have the greatest impact on the things that I care about the most.
4: And how do you feel about this?
2: We appreciate that tremendously. This community, our community needs to have this conversation. The
5: JCC is one of my larger contributions. So you're still planning to produce the play? Because I believe in its mission. Absolutely. That is abundantly clear.
3: You realize that it's very likely that this will
5: alienate several of our biggest donors. Caesar. Not only Caesar. I also give co- sizable contributions to HIAS and APAC, and there are dozens of deserving charities that I would gladly support. That's not my
2: problem.
3: It is your problem, Noah, if the center finds itself facing a massive deficit and we have to decide where to make major cuts.
2: Is that a threat? Not at
3: all. We want your support. Of course we do, Caesar, but we can allow the center to be held hostage. Now I'm a hostage taker? I'm just saying that the board will have to make some difficult decisions. Oh,
4: think about what would happen, Caesar, if all our major donors made such demands. Are they? Are they all making demands? Oh, of course not.
5: So you can consider, you can afford to consider mine.
4: And
3: given the cause of the deficit, all this over a play, Caesar. What of the budget do you think they're likely to want to decrease?
2: Where the snake, Yasmin. A
3: piece of theater that will
4: have what? Twenty performances? Twenty-four. You're blackmailing us. Be seen by maybe 3,000 people, if we're lucky. I'm just preparing you for a fallout.
5: And get reviewed in the Post, the Tribune. Don't fucking play
2: with us, Judith.
3: And we'll probably never be seen again. You're today gone tomorrow. And that's assuming that the board doesn't decide to do something more drastic, Noah.
1: What do you mean more drastic? That's the way it goes for most plays. The board oh, might
3: uphold The board might uphold the separation between governance and artistic decisions.
5: They ought to. You both continue to misunderstand my grievance.
3: But they may also decide to do away with that separation altogether. And what would happen
5: then? I am a great believer in freedom of speech and an even greater believer in the importance of art. This is pure fear-mongering. Plays like this will continue to be written and produced.
3: No one knows that's not how I operate.
5: What I object to is this organization. you painting a worst-case scenario. This Jewish community center. Which, which is, is a real possibility. Endorsing the play
1: and giving it life under our roof. In our home. And what is that? With your money. The board intervenes and cancels the production?
4: Yes, with my money. Are they allowed to do that? You're really willing to risk putting the center in financial jeopardy?
2: Marion does not have the balls or the will to
4: Are you Marion? She definitely doesn't want to.
5: (laughs) Nobody wants to. Are you willing to put the sinner at risk over a
1: play? Why am I the one that has to bend?
5: You'll be the board president who watches idly as this once fine institution crumbles under your leadership. Why can't you bend to me? Imagine what your network of well-connected friends and colleagues will say.
3: Do the two of you understand that my job is to look out for the health of the center,
5: not for the theater? Someone's head will have to roll. Not for your precious artistic integrity. Marion, will it be yours? Not for your career. Or yours, Judith.
3: And certainly not for a play.
4: What if Judith and I had a little talk with Yasmin? What if I pulled a play entirely? What kind of talk? What? A little good cop, bad cop. We've been working on this for over... I know. We impress upon them the many professional upsides of a less strident production.
2: I want your play produced here. You're wasting your
4: time. But nobody else does. Give us a chance. Lots of people do.
1: Let us talk to Yasmin. What if I pull my play? And? I'm going public. And? Public with what? And we get Yasmin to move a little. The world will learn how this predominantly white organization- Good
2: luck with that. The theater of the center.
1: Censors and silences. No. The voices of BIPOC artists. I'm sure we're
3: planning a major renovation next summer.
2: We've done everything we can to support you. We can name the theater after you. We commissioned you. Excuse me? Yeah, so you can
1: pat yourselves on the back for checking the old diversity box. Of course.
2: That's ridiculous.
1: What a wonderful idea. You need to realize that we're not putting up with this shit anymore. And you need to grow up.
3: I admire your passion, Yasmin.
4: For an increase over your annual gift. And your conviction. A modest increase. But let me ask you something an appropriate increase
3: how did you feel when caesar tried to bully you did he sway you or push you further away caesar because if you want this community to engage your play to it to listen to foggy's story you're so right righteous indignation isn't going to serve your purpose i can see it clearly all we ever wanted above was, the doors and all any of us wanted in an it. elegant font
4: it was a little bit more ballad. on a grand yet pay- tasteful marquee a little counterweight the caesar showman theater
3: a crowning moment for a life well lived a little
2: bit more room in the play
0: Yasmin, caesar and Marion disappear as we return to the
2: prison so caesar didn't pull his money no And you actually got him to give more.
3: It was a successful negotiation.
2: It's outrageous. The the Caesar Schulman Theater, the theater I fucking built. Would you like to make a counteroffer? You coerce Yasmin.
3: Yasmin agreed to reinstate Yonatan as a fully- Which I had
2: already gotten them to do before Caesar waved his big wallet around. Noah. And the three of you interfered with the artistic process. All all right. I was doing my job, Judith, and doing it well. You're welcome to continue on. In my newly demoted position. It's not a With you having final approval.
3: Yes, final approval of all public programming decisions. A
2: loss of autonomy.
3: Never had
2: absolute autonomy. Is that right?
3: We just didn't know how to rein you in. And now you have clearly defined, but somewhat limited autonomy.
2: You orchestrated this.
3: The center was at a crossroads A
2: crossroads. A
3: standstill. An impasse. Lose the support of a major donor or take an action that could be construed as a form of
2: censorship. There's nothing to construe. It is censorship.
3: It green-lighted the production of Yasmin's play.
2: But you're punishing me.
3: Not punishing. Oh, come on! The center is making this offer in good faith. You!
2: You! You are making this offer!
3: Yes. Because, as a member of the center staff, the center's team, you failed to act in the best interests of the institution. Jesus Christ! You could have worked with us. To, to what? To moderate Yasmin's impulse. I did! But in the end, you opted instead to polarize the situation by championing the play. I
2: support an artist's creative process. By championing the play, no matter the price. And the ultimate price was me losing my job. That's up to you. Bullshit! Excuse me? You said to me that Yasmin's play was, uh, what was it? The the fight I'd been salivating for?
4: I think that's pretty- But it
2: was actually the opportunity you've been salivating for, a pretense to get rid of me. I couldn't have planned this. Because I'm such a goddamn pain in the ass. I'm sorry, Noah. You know what you are, Judith? You're a bureaucrat. The ultimate paper-pushing, people-pleasing bureaucrat who measures everything and how well it comports to institutional norms and rules.
3: We all can't be as principled as you. Fuck you! Or as passionate.
0: Genoa exits in a huff. <sighs> Judith crosses to Marion at the cafe table.
4: What's the word? Done, he's gone. Hmm. Sooner than I thought. Did he throw a tantrum? From-
3: he responded almost exactly as I had predicted. He called me a bureaucrat.
4: <laughs> well, better than a snake.
3: Yeah. you still got your job. Which I think is his point.
4: Still, I call this a win. I hope so. We'll hire a new artistic director. A person of color. Sure. And Noah will land on his feet.
3: I imagine he
4: will. He's unusually smart, talented, ambitious.
3: No question.
4: You'll give him a sterling reference. Well, it's the least I can do. Some theater out there will be very lucky to have him. I agree. And you and I will take our husbands out for a nice dinner, then go see one of his productions. Now, that would be a very interesting evening. (laughs) You never know. We might even enjoy the provocation. (laughs) The center holds for now.
0: (laughs) Noah enters Judith's office now in 2013. Judith? Hello. Come on in.
2: I'm Noah, artistic director of the theater.
3: It is lovely to meet you.
2: I'm sure you've got a million things on your plate already, but uh, I just wanted to welcome you formally and also say how much I'm looking forward to working with you. Thank you. You're a real breath of fresh air.
3: Well, this is a great organization.
2: Yes, it is.
3: Oh, and the theater program. The theater program we've created is clearly one of the center's most valuable assets.
2: I appreciate that. This company has been my life's work, you know?
3: And the work has paid off. I can't think of a better way than theater to embrace embrace a healthy multiplicity of viewpoints within our ever broadening Jewish community.
2: I couldn't have said that better myself.
0: End of play.
6: Thank you. you. Thank (laughs) you. Nice
0: job. Nice job, everybody. Thank you guys so much. What a great Thank reading.
6: Thank you all. It was great.
5: No matter how much I practice the Hebrew, I still can't get <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah,
5: it.
0: I
6: totally
3: understand.
0: That's a tough, tough, tough one.
3: Um, so,
0: recent developments um, have really changed the, the interest around this play. Um, yes. Can you speak about that for a second, Seth.
6: Well um you know I wrote this um actually you know I started writing this many years after the first uh the first part of the uh of this uh the saga uh with Theodore J and, and Ari Roth and um you know I wasn't writing I wasn't trying to write about the actual thing I was using the actual thing to to explore other issues but of course um now it, it's kind of intriguing because the the saga has continued in, in a new way. Um, it sort of makes the very end of the play feel um, either obsolete or, or, or intriguing in a different way. Um, but um, I, I mean, I'm hoping mostly that the, the play's themes and ideas and characters and stories are, are relevant regardless of the actual goings-on in, in Washington theater uh, world. Um, but yes, it is certainly intriguing to follow. And I wish, uh, I hope everybody, I hope Many that the- Many
1: organizations have these.
6: Especially these days. I think it's, a, we're going to hear about this a lot. I Many don't
0: organizations think, have these.
6: Yes. And I think I think a lot of theaters in particular around the country are feeling um, pulled in different directions, pushed by different uh, segments of the community, both outside and inside. And so I think we're going to be seeing this, some of these kinds of conflicts being played out at institutions across the country. Um And the Jewish, uh, and the Jewish issues are going to continue because these are unsolvable
0: problems. (laughs) Historically, we, we, um, we would have seen this around, uh, gay character development on stage, interracial characters on stage would have
1: been
0: the historical things that would have broken, um, Broken between artistic merit of a piece and the ability to fund it and get it on stage. Yes, um, for sure. many of these controversial topics are often dealt with first in theater, um, or, or in some cases through song. Um, it is it is the vital role that theater plays, and that we can put controversy on stage and make everybody love it.
6: Right. And and I think the trick is to try to to try to what what theater can do best is show the human face of of ch- these challenging issues. Uh, you know, a, a novel, a movie, um, uh, a news story can can inform us in a different way, show us something. But I think what what theater what plays do is to show us the human dimension of these uh, conflicts. And uh, I think that what goes on in institutions is a big part of what what our country is about. Um, I was sort of writing this with with uh, increasingly with the thinking about our country more than any institution about how we're I feel like we're in a moment where we're be, we're being pulled and we're being told we're being pulled by the very extreme left and right when the majority of the country's always been in the middle and um but right now it feels like a time when we kind of have to choose and I think that's a very dangerous uh, and unsettling place to be so. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I, uh, the play will speak to people. I
2: particularly appreciated the uh, the dialogue between Caesar and uh, Caesar and Noah, uh, when Noah's bringing up apartheid and slavery, and because it it took mm-hmm. it out of the theater realm mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, made it uh, immediately, I think, relevant to what we've been going through. Certainly. In 2020, and yep. probably since 2015, with the start of that presidential campaign. Uh, so yeah, it 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 spoke uh, very clearly to me, and and I hope this is going to get a lot of uh, exposure. Of those, yeah, I, we I need was, to have those kind of conversations. Yeah.
5: Agreed. That's, I was gonna I was gonna so say I, I see how it it this can apply to multiple facets of different. Absolutely different things in our culture and society. You could take this and put it in a courtroom and in a way the the same uh, power struggles exist and play out day to day. And and so it brings that sort of nuance of what our culture really is to life. Um, I thought it was really, it's really quite complex and nuanced and its and its portrayal of that stuff.
3: I'm kind of yeah. looking at the visual here of everybody in black, right? And the two characters who are the middle are are in the white blouses. And and Seth, you were talking about how you know it's like we're being pulled in two different directions. You know, where most people are really in the middle, and um, Marion and Judith are you know kind trying to be that middle middle part. And so the, mm-hmm. just visually right now, the way that we are designed. Um, it's kind of interesting.
6: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting. I've, I've been watching this show on Netflix, uh, Netflix called Borgen. I don't know if anybody's watched it. It's a Danish political show. It's kind of a West wing, but with, you know, taking place in Copenhagen. And um, yeah, that's cool. But it's, it's it centers around a moderate uh a woman prime minister who is whose skill is in in finding the moderate solution to to problems with people on different sides, and um, it, it's something that wouldn't appeal right now, I think, in this country because everybody wants there to be you know you want to identify this way or this way, and I find it extremely uh, powerful, and that's kind of what uh, what drew me to write this is is I. I find, even though I might agree with, th- I definitely agree with some things that Caesar says and some things that Yasmin says uh, uh, strongly, but I don't agree in general that one extreme point of view is sort of worth investing in. And it's 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 dangerous for, for the middle if it gets pulled off its foundation. So
2: I, I also appreciated what for me in the play was something of a cathartic moment when Judith, tells Yasmin you know face reality which he says grow up but face reality and and Judith's character becomes the real to my mind the 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 power in the play
6: yes and that's actually that I'm glad you noticed that Tim because that was actually one of the last things I mean that scene was the last thing I, the most recent rewrite and that moment was um, kind of the last thing I wrote uh, most recent thing I wrote and it's kind of the first place in the play to me where Judith really shows uh, what she's totally feeling, and and it gets away from her. I don't think she's proud of it in the mo- but I think she can't take it anymore, um, and just needs to say something. And it's not because Yasmin is unreasonable. It's more that it's all been built building up to that. She probably might say the same thing to to Caesar if uh, a, a couple moments of of more provocation, but. Um, uh, I'm, uh, that was exciting to me to get to that point.
0: Yeah. Right. And beautifully built up to that moment and beautifully played by everyone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was
6: the, the uh, thank you uh, by the way, because this is the first time I've gotten to hear this, la- this most recent draft and it, it, it affirmed that um, I want to, I want to keep this draft and not go back to the previous one, even though you guys were working on that previous draft and I think it was working well enough, but I think that last scene in particular really um, is stronger now. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say that I have thoroughly enjoyed working with everybody in the cast. Tarnim I thought you were fabulous. Tim, I thought you were great. Uh, Laura, you were wonderful. I and, and of course Scott. Scott and I worked together before. Um, and um, the only thing I uh, problem I have with Zoom is I can't make eye contact. With I know. So I'm here and she's over there and oh my god. <laughs> uh, It was just fabulous, uh, fabulous cast. You all were terrific.
2: I I, I was thinking the same thing today. And and the other thing that I um, find that I miss on Zoom is, you know, over over the course of putting a play into production, going through rehearsals and whatnot, you you create connections with people that Mm -hmm. somehow, you know, it just doesn't happen here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so I'm, Looking forward to maybe sometime working with every one of you in person.
6: On your good. lips.
5: IRL, as they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As
0: the kids in, say. In aftertimes.
6: Mm-hmm. aftertimes.
2: <laughs> in aftertimes. In aftertimes. <laughs> the aftertimes.
0: Well, thank you, everyone. you, guys. Thank,
3: thank, you. You, guys.
2: thank you all. Thank you. Bloody be welcome. Happy all. holidays, whichever they may be.
0: Yes, <laughs> thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for being willing to do this. I really appreciate it. Great cast. I wish we could put this up you know, and stage it on the
1: stage, I would cast every one of you in these roles. <laughs> Thank you guys so much.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information about Quarantine Players, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com quarantineplayers As Shakespeare said in Julius Caesar, if we do meet again, why we shall smile. If not, why then, this parting was well made.